one day I decided to ask myself, could I break five minutes in the mile? At age 30, could I return to the sport of track and go after my unmet goal of breaking five minutes? Was my body capable of this? Was my mind capable of this? And most importantly, was my spirit capable of pushing through the ups and downs to find the answer? You are listening to Breaking Five, a running podcast, where we search for this answer as well as yours for achieving your Breaking Five moment, whatever that may be for you. We will gain inspiration and knowledge from others who have achieved their Breaking Five moment, those working towards theirs, as well as those who have helped the athletes along the way. I'm your host, Kristen Schultz, physical therapist, runner, and running coach. Let's run full force towards our wildest dreams and take a listen to today's episode. All right, welcome back to another episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. Super excited for today's host. Today I am here with Mary Johnson. Mary Johnson is a running coach um, with Lift, Run, Perform. Um, And super excited to have Mary on here because she was one of the first people that I started following when I got started with run coaching. I was following her business. I was like, man, I want to do what Mary's doing someday. So you're definitely an inspiration when I first got started, even though now it's kind of made a turn a little bit more to working with clinicians. Um, But super excited to bring you on and ask you about your own running journey because, you know, that has not been perfect for you. You've definitely had your share of injuries as well. And then also dive into what it was like to get started um, with a run coaching business. So Mary, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind, could you share with the audience a little bit about how you got into running in the first place? I don't know that I even know that. So, um, I needed to do everything my brother did and my, (laughs) my brother did not run, but he rode crew. And so when I was in high school, um, I really like, I knew that I wanted to go to college and row. So, um, I thought the best way to prepare was to start running. So I did go on to row in college. Um, and I ran for two seasons of track. I did indoor outdoor and it totally changed my life. And it was the first time I had met a coach. Like I had done the ball sport. So I got into sports late. My parents never really encouraged me, even though I was like, clearly I very intrinsically motivated. Um, but my parents kind of, they pushed me into theater and music, which I now hate surprisingly <laughs> or not, not surprisingly. Yeah. Um, and so finally in high school, I was like, I'm not gonna, I, I kind of balanced both, but I ultimately was like, I'm going to do this, this running thing. And I loved it. Um, and when I got to college, I loved rowing too. Um, but after, after the rowing thing, I rode for all four years. Um, I signed up for a marathon just for a new challenge. I I definitely fell into that post-collegiate rut where being involved in an organized sport just makes you so structured and it gives you instant friends and it gives you an instant social life. And (laughs) after college, I was kind of like, what am I doing now? So, you know, the normal thing was to sign up for a marathon, I guess. And (laughs) I signed up for Philly in 2010 and didn't get hooked right away. Honestly, I ran the marathon. It was fine, but didn't get serious about running until I really wanted to qualify for Boston. And that was in 2013. It was, it was right when the bombings happened. I was like training for my race to, to hopefully qualify. Um, and I did. And then I, I was like, well, I worked so hard. I got this awesome qualifying time. I guess I'll just keep going. It's totally (laughs) shifted my, my life, just like it had in high school. And, um, yeah, I just kind of kept going from there. 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. So you kind of got in later in high school, but then you ran in college then too. Were you more, right? Oh, you rode. Okay. You rode in college and then decide, okay, to keep running afterwards. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But I also, I kind of always knew that like distance was never good at any type of sprinting (laughs) turnover, (laughs) fast twitch stuff was not my jam. That's what I was going to ask. I was going to say, are you like more of a long distance or like a little bit of a shorter distance? You know, I, if you asked me like three years ago, I would say distance always and forever, but in between babies. Um, so this was 2020 when yep. COVID was going on, I just started doing interval work and 5k time trials. I did a 10k time trial and it all was a lot more fun than I ever anticipated. Yeah. Um, and the work leading up to it, I was working with a new coach and it was really fun. Um, and obviously PRing is even more fun. Um, yeah. and yeah, so I guess the answer is I'm a little bit of a hybrid now because I worked so much on the stuff that made me uncomfortable. Yeah, no, I love that. I'm, I've always enjoyed the shorter distances. I've only done one marathon. It was, I didn't, I haven't even actually trained for a marathon. So I'm like complete difference. So maybe one day I'll be sitting here saying the same thing, like train for what you suck at and then do it. Um, I don't suck at it. It's just not my favorite thing to do. Yeah. We don't like to do what we're not good at. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely have a little bit more of the fast switch, but um, so that's awesome. I do remember following that journey because you hit, did you hit your fastest 5k in 2020 then? Yeah. 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 So I ran, um, I ran under 19 and then kept PRing. So I ended up running in 1830 and then, um, went out one day and was like, I'll I'll do a 10 K time trial just to see. And that too, I was like, just blown away because those two distances had always just been horrible for me. And like my, you know, the algorithms that match up your, your 5k to your marathon. Like what could your marathon be based on your 5k? It never matched up ever, (laughs) never. So, um, they definitely match up a little bit closer now. And I never, I, so I ended up getting injured and I never had the chance to test my half or full potential, but it was one of those things where I was just like, I knew that, you know, if I had done it, I would have blown it out of the water, which makes me even eager, even more eager for this, um, for the, the postpartum journey I'm on now. Yeah. To get back out there and see what you can do this time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to ask you a little bit about your postpartum journey in general. Obviously you're on your second one now. Um, but I know your first one was a lot longer than you had expected. Correct. As far as getting back to running. Right. Um, Would you mind sharing with our audience a little bit about what that journey looked like, the obstacles you came across and yeah, if you don't mind outlining that, that first postpartum journey. Yeah. So, um, leading into getting pregnant, I had struggled with a back disc, um, hamstring. It was a culmination of basically just too much training a couple years before getting pregnant. So I struggled to get pregnant and truthfully, I think it was a combination of stress as well as hormones, just being super wrecked from overtraining. And that was 2016. So in between I ended up getting pregnant in 2018. In between 2016 and 2018, I dealt with this back injury and um, got a ton of injections, facet, epidurals, ended up getting a caudal. That was the one that helped the most. Um, but as we all know, injections are just a bandaid and they definitely help. I will say it helped a lot of nerve pain that I was having and the nerve pain has never come back. But by the time I got pregnant, clearly the root issue, which was this underlying strength 
deficiency was never really addressed. And, 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 and my issue is that I, I look strong and I can do basic PT work, but I really wasn't very strong and PT was not the answer for me. For me, I needed to be in a gym and lifting weights. Um, and so when I was pregnant, surprise, surprise, the back flared up again. (laughs) Um, obviously not to the extent it had been hurting. Um, but it definitely, my SI joint at this point is just very hypermobile. And when I was pregnant and then postpartum, it was bothering me quite a bit and still not really learning from my mistakes was thinking that rest would help. Um, I would try running and like lie to myself that it was okay. And that I just needed to take more time off. And then finally I was so frustrated. Um, I think in my head at the, at that 12 week, 12 week mark, I was like, well, I should be fine to run now. And I really wasn't. And I work at a strength facility in in Connecticut and my mentor and boss and the guy who owns it is a really great strength coach. And I've never asked him for anything. I've never asked him for help um, for myself, but this time I was just like, you know what? I have no option. I really love running. I'm never going to run again if I don't fix what's wrong. In fact, I don't think I'll ever run. Like I kind of was at the point where I was like, running is just not going to happen for me. Um, And I just need you to get me out of pain. That's it. Mm -hmm. So I just stripped timelines. I stripped expectations. I was just like, I'm going to dedicate myself to the gym and lifting weights. And that's all I all I can do. He said, okay, I'll help you. And then I also hired a nutritionist on the side. So I was like, you know, thinking, okay, if I'm going to train really hard, I want to make sure that I'm eating the right things and that I'm fueling my body appropriately. And I just basically booked a room in the gym and showed up three days a week for 90 minutes, did some pretty tough sessions and yeah, prize surprise after four, four weeks, I definitely wasn't out of pain, but it was the first time I had seen any type of progression. Uh-huh. And I was like, wow, it's working. Yeah. And this whole time I'm like, thinking in the back of my head, I'm like, well, I think I'm the only thing that's going to help this strength is also another injection. So I was really pushing for another epidural or caudal, which I think I'm not, I'm not the PT. I think they're both, they're two of the same. If I understand correctly, um, the caudal was injected in my tailbone. Yeah. And that was the one that I felt the most relief from that. You got Um, that makes sense. You have the SI joint, like, yeah, pain. (laughs) So I, this whole time I'm like, oh, well I'll strength train, but I still want this injection. And then you're convinced you needed it. Cause it got you better last time. It was, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and luckily I had, so I saw a physiatrist, um, and he, I went into him and he said, Nope, I'm not going to give it to you. You have to keep working. I'm going <laughs> to set you up with a new PT group, but I also think you need to keep going in the gym and see me in maybe he said two months and we'll see how it's going. And I was crushed and I was so pissed off and crushed. And like, I was like, this, this jackass, like, oh my God, I, like, I know I need I, this. I know I need this. And kept working at it, kept going to the gym at this point, I have no other choice. So I'm like, I guess I'll just show up in the gym. I was starting to feel better. And then literally three days before my appointment in that two months, like the next follow-up appointment, I had this, I woke up one day and I was like, I don't, think I need it anymore. Like, I don't think I need that injection. Mm-hmm. And I talked to my coach and, and I talked to my, both my running coach and my lifting coach. And I was like, I think I'm good, but uh-huh. is there anything I should ask the doctor? And, um, Mike, my lifting coach was basically like, yeah, just ask if there's any like prophylactic, like if there's a reason for you to get it now that could help you prophylactically. And, um, and I did ask him and the doctor, when I saw him and he said, no, he goes, if you're still having issues and like you, you message me on our like portal 
mm-hmm. otherwise like you're, you're good. So I, he definitely, um, you know, how the, if you have an appointment, the nurse like asks you how you're doing. Um, and then she goes and tells the doctor. And so when the doc, when the doctor actually came in the room, he's like, got a big smile on his face before (laughs) COVID. So you could see when people smiled. Um, and he was just like, so I heard you took my advice and you're doing really well. And I was like, you're right. I don't need the injection (laughs) therapy work, strength training work. And I feel really good. So I went on to have an awesome season. Like I, I just kept getting stronger and faster and then PR'd and all of the things. So it was a yeah. really great, it, it sucked for a solid eight months. Um, but it ultimately really taught me a lot. Yeah. You always learn a lot when you go through the, the hard stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like after that was when you were hitting like your PRs and like the 5k and 10k, right. Once you got back and yeah. Um, so you, were you not lifting as much beforehand or you just like got heavier or just more focused into the lifting basically? Both. Yeah, it was, I, listen, I knew lifting was important. Yeah. I didn't know how important until I went through what I went through and I was like, shit, this is really important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and not only that, but the consistency of it, the periodization of it, how to balance it with running, like again, I was like, oh, you could probably go for periods without the lifting and it, you'll be fine. But like, no, there, like it is so, especially with people. And there's so many runners who have these pelvic issues, back issues, the, the balance and the instability issues. Like you have to like my, my my running coach is actually pretty old school and I really fight him a lot on, I have (laughs) to be in the gym. Like if I don't strength train, I will not be able to run. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think there's a a way where I can go through periods of backing up and focusing on performance, but then I have to load it back in. Um, so yeah, I, I really think that if you are dealing with some hypermobility or just any issue at all that, um, that running aggravates it, like you can't not strength train. Yeah, no, I love it. Is there anything that changed for you for like being as being a coach, like anything you learned from it as far as like, whether it was just like you made strength training more important for your athletes or you just realized something new with like what it's like going through an injury or not necessarily, or. Yeah. I mean the empathy for sure. I can be, I can be pretty like, especially with postpartum moms, I'm extremely empathetic because I'm now in a second postpartum period and it's a breeze. So (laughs) had that been my first experience, I definitely wouldn't be as like, I wouldn't have that type of background in terms of understanding the empathy and the hardness that most went like a lot of women go through, especially yeah. with their first, like, I'm very cognizant that I'm only, I, I'm, I'm just around, I'm 11 weeks postpartum this week. And okay. I'm like, I feel great. Like, I don't, I don't even feel like I had a baby. Yeah. Um, that's not normal. And I am very aware of that, especially because I had that first experience. So I think probably the biggest difference with the coaching is it's provided me quite a bit of empathy. Um, And in terms of like pushing the strength training more for people who do have these chronic problems and, you know, as coaches, we know who those people are. They're always complaining about something like my shin hurts, my knee hurts, my hip hurts. Like it's every other week, there's something that hurts. Like pick up a damn weight. (laughs) That's my answer for you. (laughs) No, I love it. I think it's good because it's like, it's good to have it from someone else. I bring on so many physical therapists on here. So it's like, you know, you're a run coach and you still see that side, but just to hear it from someone else and who's also gone through the injuries, it's always just good to hear. (laughs) Well, it's a, you know, strength coaching, strength training and running is a hard sell. 
And mm-hmm. most runners don't like it until they yeah. have to do it. And yeah. it's, 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 it's not a time suck because it's part of training, but most runners don't understand that. Like they just see it as this thing that isn't helping them with their running. And for a lot of them, it's probably not because they're going about it the wrong way. They're, you know, maybe showing up to an orange theory class or like, yeah, right. Training class. Right. Right. Like they, they've never even explored the opportunity to use a periodized schedule of strength and conditioning to get better nor have they backed off of running long enough to actually make strength, strength gains. Um, so truthfully, I don't fight anyone on it. If someone doesn't strength train, I'm like, fine. I'm like, I'm, I honestly have backed off a lot of strength coaching in, in the past six months because I'm, I'm, I'm good at run coaching. Yes. I want people to lift, but I'm not going to fight people on it. And at the end of the day, Um, unless that person realizes how important it is, which I'll tell them and we can talk about it. And I will always make sure it's, if they're wanting to, if it's balanced in, but you know, some runners don't want to do it. So you can bring a horse to water, but you can't force them to drink. Yeah. It's not, it's a lot of times, not until they get injured enough that it's like, okay, like I'll try this thing. And then, but then a lot of times they get hooked. I've had people that just love it then. So, Hey, absolutely. Totally. If you haven't. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. And it's also hard because, um, one of the reasons that I've done more run coaching and not strength coaching. And I suppose I know there's some people out there that do do both and they provide a high levels of service for strength coaching and run coaching, but from a, I mean, we'll talk business for a second from a price point perspective, a lot of runners are not willing to pay what it actually costs to hire a run and strength coach. So then you're running into someone who doesn't see the cost benefit of it. And then it's like, you know, what can you do? I agree. That's, I mean, that's for sure. One thing, like what I do is I do like, uh, you know, I pretty much require everyone to to have strength training because it's just like so important. Um, but for the base level, I have them, um, it's a runner specific plan, but it's not going to be like, Hey, I periodize it to you. It's runner specific. Right. Um, but then if they want personalized strength too, then it's right. going to be more. And a lot of times, yes, it is more at like a level that it might, you know, not, might not be for everyone or not everyone wants to invest that much in having personalized run and strength. So I yeah. do the exact same thing. I have like a baseline, like here's a, it's a good program. Like I, yeah. I, I say generic, but I'm like, I say that in the most positive light. It's a generic runner runners focused strength program where yes, all movement patterns are included, but in particular, we've got a lot of hinging, a lot of core, a lot of carrying. Yeah. And you know, that's one thing. And then if somebody does want to like level up and do more then awesome, I will provide that for them. But yeah, no, that's awesome. One more question on the um, like running side of things. And I'd love to dive into, um, you know, how you got started with your business, all of that, um, the groups you have going on and everything. Um, I know you mentioned earlier a little bit about like, <clears throat> I think it was like right um, during pregnancy, maybe that you were having some, like you said, like hormone fluctuation and hmm. stuff. You had to focus on like nutrition and stuff. Is that partially why, like, I know you're partnered with inside tracker and you do stuff there. Have you ran into like more hormone? hormonal um, issues in the past or iron issues or anything like that? Yeah, I've had iron issues. I've had D, D problems. Um, okay. The My hormone panels of what Inside Tracker does have always been okay. Yeah. Um, I don't believe they do any type of like um, reproductive uh, testing, though 
yeah. So I've never had anything confirmed in terms of like a hormone, like a straight hormone panel. I suspect that I, while I was getting my period every month, I don't think I was ovulating. Yeah. Um, so this is just all stuff too, that like, I didn't know about, like, I didn't know that you could, you might not ovulate even if you get your period. So I think that was like my individual, like quote unquote infertility problem, um, mm-hmm. which ultimately did get like it resolved from not training. And I, I mean, I was running honestly when I got pregnant, but like, I wasn't training to the extent that I was. Um, but then the flip side is the, my second pregnancy. I was like the fittest of my life yeah, and training yeah, all the yeah. time. So and you kind of know so, the problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So right. Funny. So it, but I think my exclusive problem was, I just was in the shitter and my, the rest of the stuff that I learned through inside tracker is, um, just working on D levels. Ferritin has always been a, a quest of mine because it's typically yeah. pretty low. Me too. <laughs> Yeah. Most runners have, have issues with that. Um, recently I did see an endocrinologist and she saw my calcium level and was like, uh, maybe you could, um, supplement a little bit for that, but it was nothing. I I haven't had any type of like, um, make or break moments from my inside tracker experience. It's a service that I thoroughly believe in. I think every athlete should get their blood tested. I do always explain to my athletes that while inside tracker is awesome. They have this really great online platform. They have personalized suggestions. It's really helpful for the person who likes to learn about the science because they Mm -hmm. have links and all that cool stuff. But at the end of the day, if you think something's wrong, talk to your doctor and don't be afraid. Like there is the barrier of money for inside tracker. So don't be afraid to say, Hey, doctor, I think I need X, Y, Z test, um, or just talk to them about symptoms or not feeling good, but you know, it, every, everyone's insurance is different. Like I, mine, mine is a pain in the butt. So. Yeah. Yeah. I do like self-pay for a lot of things, but I just don't want to deal with it. It's not worth it. But anyway, so the inside tracker, I just had a question on that. Like, as far as like, how often do you have your athletes do that? And do you mind like sharing a little bit more about what it is? I personally wouldn't mind knowing, and I'm sure there's other athletes out there. And I think you have a code and stuff for it too. Correct. I do. Yeah. So it's basically it's blood panel testing. And what I appreciate now about it is that they have a full, what they call ultimate plan. Then they have an essentials plan. And what I tell my athletes who see money as a limiting factor, I say the essentials gives us really what we need to know about bone health. Um, it does a CBC count hemoglobin, like basically like the, the real, the real meat, the meat of the of, of you of an athlete, yeah. if there is like further stuff that you want to investigate, then fine. Getting the ultimate done is helpful. Um, it asks you a whole, like a whole skew of questions. Um, as you set up your, your profile about your lifestyle, the foods you eat, the exercise you do, how much you weigh, how much sleep you get. It asks you about you with, in your life you get the blood done, the, the results come through the platform and based on your lifestyle panel that you answered, um, it will give you individualized suggestions. And it will also say if something is very much in there. So it's like, it's either in the green, the yellow or the red, if mm-hmm. anything's in the red, talk to your doctor. So, um, again, because 
money is always like, I'm never a person with my athletes to push a race. I'm never going to push blood testing. I'm never going, uh, insight tracker specifically. Yeah. I will suggest it. I think it's an awesome service, but like I said before, at the end of the day, if we think something's wrong, you go to your doctor, you know, don't use this as your doctor, don't (laughs) use this as, but it is really helpful. Like I've taken my result. I've printed my results, brought them given them to doctors. Yeah. Um, like I appreciate it because I like to do a lot of stuff for my own health and gives me control of that. And I don't have to rely on my healthcare system to figure it out for me. And like, you know, we could go down the self-advocacy conversation and like, I get real up on a, on a soapbox about that because I just, gosh, unfortunately you need to have so much self-advocacy with this healthcare system. Um, so if you're not like sick, sick, it's just a little bit of something going on. Okay. You're not, (laughs) it's not a big issue, but you're like, yes, this is an issue. And like, yeah. Well, especially for people who care about like, you know, we're post-collegiate humans who Mm -hmm. care about performance. We don't make this, we are rare, right? Like we forget that when we're around all our, oh yeah, we forget that. But, and the people (laughs) listening, like you're in our weird little circles, yes. <laughs> but we're the exception. Like at the end of the day, what is it? I think 75% of America is technically overweight. And like, and, and again, like we could go down a rabbit hole talking about the privilege to have resources like this too. Like yeah. having, like being able to work out and being able to train and being able to have resources for, for good foods. Um, so it is very much something that like at the end of the day, getting blood work done for your performance is a huge privilege. Um, but it is, it can, if you are in the, in the, are you, if you are able to put that type of investment into your health, um, it is something that I recommend all my athletes, athletes do. I personally will do it. Um, every few months, honestly, I have an issue with the fasting. (laughs) I hate, I hate not eating. And then I hate like, figuring out which day I'm not going to work out so I can <laughs> like, and, and then like not drink wine. I have like very much like, like minimal, like I have my own stupid issues with it. Um, reasons but not it. <laughs> reasons not to do it, but typically like at the end of a season, um, usually like a month out is a good time to get the testing done and just like, see how things are looking. Yeah. No, love it. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing on that. I've just been curious for myself. So I was like, I'm sure other people have questions too, but things like, you know, you said like vitamin D, ferritin, hemoglobin, all that you can get tested through there. Kind of a whole panel if you do that ultimate one, right? Yeah. And the other thing, magnesium for me has always been a a hard one, Um, but the essentials does not test magnesium. But again, I, I would argue that magnesium would only be important if like other things are I don't know. I, you know what? I should, I should not make that type of statement. Um, I this think is not medical advice. It's okay. It's not. Yeah. This is, <laughs> I, I like as a coach for me, my, the big things I always ask about are hemoglobin, um, ferritin and D those are my like yeah. three, how does this look for you? And yeah. if something's up, then I will never give any, like I, will always stay within my scope. I will never make supplement suggestions. Um, but I will say what I do and, um, and and I will suggest someone to talk to their doctor. Yeah. No. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing on that. I appreciate it. We've definitely talked about this on the show before, but I've had, I have issues with low ferritin, like you were sharing as well. So it's always something I'm you know passionate about and making sure that people are getting checked out. Cause it's just, it's not on the radar. It's a typical doctor. Like I have yet to meet and I've moved a lot, a lot of doctors that even know that you should have your ferritin tested. Like they're always going to just test your iron. Like they don't even know to put it. Because, for it. because the ferritin is a more expensive test. Yeah. 
And, and you have to, it's, I asked a doctor about this once. It's like a, <laughs> off the, off the record. Like she wasn't yeah. a, it was like a friend doctor. And I was like, why yeah. is it some doctors push back on the ferritin? She's like, cause it's more expensive. Yeah. And then of course the date, like the, the ranges, the reference ranges are not, is, are not up to par with an athlete. So, you right. know, there's evidence that that suggests that ferritin below 50 for a female <laughs> could cause, you know, detriments to athletic performance. Yeah. And like, no doctor. Yeah. But no doctor would tell a, a female a person, Oh, 45, no. wait, wait, 45 is like, you know, we're getting, I'll be so happy there. if I ever saw that number. I've never saw yeah. over 20, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's the thing. And, and I'm sure your doctor is, has probably always been like, you're fine. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, um, I think iron in particular, we, uh, we just did a, a running program, um, with some women, to break the three hour marathon barrier. And we partnered with inside tracker for that. And we had some really, really cool ferritin success stories. Basically in the beginning of the summer, everyone was like 10 and below. And then by that, by the end, Oh, it was as coaches, we were like, Holy shit. Um, (laughs) It was, it was mind blowing. They were kind of coming in feeling crappy and we were like, let's look under the hood. Let's see what's going on. And by the end of it, most of them had raised it like quite a bit. So yeah. that was really cool to see. And then they all ran pretty well. So <laughs> it awesome. was awesome. I love it. That's awesome. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. So this is part one of a part, two part series. So if you want to catch that second part, make sure to tune in next week to the next episode. The next episode is going to be a little bit more geared towards the clinicians who listen to this episode. So make sure to tune in to episode two, if that is you, um, and you are interested to know her business journey till next time, go run your life and we'll chat soon. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. We hope you are running away with some inspiration, tips, and actionable items that you can put towards your Breaking Five moment. Lastly, if you know anyone else with a Breaking Five moment, that doesn't have to actually mean literally Breaking Five, just a Breaking Five moment in general, in running, in life, or anyone else who has great knowledge and background in helping others reach their Breaking Five moment, I would love for you to put me in contact with them. We would love to have them on the show. So if you could and let them know, if you know of someone else, tell them to reach out to me at my Instagram. And that is at Kristen underscore run your life. Again, that's at Kristen underscore run your life. And could you do me a favor? And if you enjoyed today's episode and can think of anyone else who could benefit from listening to it, could you go ahead and share this out on your social media or share this directly with them? That would mean the world to me, seriously. And make sure if you have not already, to make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so that you get our weekly updates as we drop the next episodes. Thank you, everyone. We seriously appreciate you tuning in today. We'll see you next time. And until then, go run your life.